Badia here with another bi-weekly episode of Fixing Healthcare from the Trenches. As many of you know, I try to invite guests who are often clinicians, who are disruptors, trying to really fix U.S. healthcare. We all know it's broken. We have an election coming up. And yet it strikes me that just recently the Republican debate, not one topic related to healthcare. So we've got to bring it, bring it to the people. And each guest really brings their own flavor. And it's, I mean, I, I can't be more excited about somebody who's a fellow podcast host. Omar Khatib is joining us who went to medical school for three years and realized he could probably serve healthcare better, bringing the tech part to it. And his uh, podcast has been amazing. I was honored to be a guest on it several years ago. And we're going to be talking about some really, really provocative subjects here. Omar, thank you for joining us. Dr. Badia, it's such a pleasure. And I was very happy to hear you start a podcast. I was a big fan of your book. I still think it's probably the best book that takes such a complicated topic of healthcare and distills it down. And I've read a lot of them. Um, so I'm glad you started a podcast uh, as a result of it as well. So honored to be here on the show. Thank you. Well, yeah, the idea is, you know, there's only so many people who are going to read a book, right? Especially nowadays, I've noticed that. And that's the idea of the podcast is it's, it's short. So we're going to get into it real quick because, you know, we got to hear sound bites and people might be driving. Hopefully they'll listen in. And the important thing is that they engage. That's what I'm looking for. And, it's, you know, Omar, you've always been engaged. The last time I saw you, right, was at the... Um, at the academy meeting in Las Vegas, right. Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons. That's right. And I was there for a physician transaction conference, which actually wasn't even clinical. I know. I wish I was. I, I knew about that. I got to go to that next year. It, it was amazing. It's cyber equity and healthcare, and I. That was a whole other topic. Uh, Steve Topper and Sonia uh, Parmayan uh, came on, and and we we talked about this because there is a lot of controversy. So so Omar, tell us a, a bit. You know, I, I want to hear a little about your story in terms of. You know, from I think one or two of your parents uh, are physicians. Am I right? That's right. Yeah. So my my story is simple. I'm a first generation American. My father is from Iraq. My mother's from Turkey. Uh, mother was a professor of anatomy and biology for a local community college. My father is a general surgeon, uh, trained wow. up in Cook County Hospital, opened a private wow. practice in El Paso, Texas. So growing up, really admired and looked up to my father. And I said, you know, I'm going to be a surgeon. Uh, did the pre-med route. I, I did research at Hopkins, all the things you need to go to medical school. Um, was fortunate enough to get in, get pre-accepted in, in a Texas school, got a full ride scholarship um, at Texas Tech University. About two, three years in though, I just kind of realized that this idea of what it meant to be a surgeon wasn't actually in line with who I was. And, you know, my father was the most supportive person about that. That was a very tough decision to be the wow. first Firstborn son and everything and first, yeah. you know, and so I left and I, I made my way because I had a big uh, interest in business and, and innovation. I started with uh, Mazor Robotics, which was the first robotic spine company. I sold uh, for them for a year and then I moved into marketing and product. And for the last decade of my career, I've been going from one disruptive healthcare med tech company to another. And now I started my own company that focuses on helping med tech companies grow their sales pipeline and attract investors using social media. And that's also why I have uh, the State of Med Tech podcast. Well, yeah, I've listened to a number of episodes with that. And uh, it, it's always, it, they're usually about an hour long. So this is going to be, this is going to be a little stressful. We're going to get right to the <laughs> point, right? Yeah. So yeah, tell, yeah. tell me what you're trying to achieve with your, your podcast. And, and, and in terms of, 
let's put it in the context of the entire U.S. healthcare system. How's that for a question? Yeah, I'll, I'll very, very simple. On one side, um, you know, I, I work with uh, CMFI, so I make a lot of my episodes CME eligible because I want physicians to get a taste of new innovation, startups and everything. Because let's just face it, there's a reason why physician suicide is on the rise, rise, physician burnout. And so I think that there's a lot of physicians who, you know, they don't have it in them. Not everybody's a Alejandro Badia. I'll, I'll put it that way. I wish they were. But no, unfortunately, they're not. But I think there are a lot of physicians. Yeah. Well, but I think there's a lot of physicians who are employed who can use things like LinkedIn to, you know, they can have their day job working full time for an HCA tenant, name your IDN, but then maybe be an advisor to a startup, maybe do some innovation work, you know, maybe uh, uh, mentor the physicians, right? So that's one side of it. The other side of it is that I am so proud of the industry that we're in, right? And if anything, I started the podcast to make med tech great again and make medicine great again, because I'll tell you what really burns me. I can't handle seeing another really smart, talented person where they go to Stanford or MIT or whatever that background they have. And then they say, yeah, you know, I'm going to go work for Instagram. I'm going to go work for TikTok. You know, I think that that what we need to do a great job of is showing in this industry, not only can you a, make really good money. And I know that for physicians and professionals, we're, we're very hesitant about that because it's a very sensitive topic. But we need to show that you can make great money in this industry. You can do innovative things in this industry. And you can do it that's going to have such massive social impact you know, uh, to the world around you. So that's why I started the podcast. I, I'm sure you've seen this, Omar, though. The challenge is that people are so willing to engage with technology for, I mean, let's just talk about apps, right? There's this is a multi-million dollar uh, sector of healthcare, but the reality is, if, if, you know, you, if you talk to people around you, your community, very few people are using apps, whether it be to to uh, monitor their, their blood sugar or to communicate with their physicians or, or to, to keep their meds. Right? I mean, they're, they're out there, but the engagement is not the same as, oh, you know, tell me about the new wine app or that foodie app or or the dating app. Right. Yeah. I mean, people when it comes to healthcare, and I, I can tell you from from ortho now is that, you know, we have this app, right, that can you can tell people when you're 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 on your way right from the soccer field, your coach. Uh, I can't even get my own community to engage with it. And uh, so I'm, I'm that, that's why I listen to your podcast and, and others, because I'm, I'm trying to understand how do we get tech to really penetrate into the public psyche? Mm. And I have not been able to figure it out. Yeah, well, I think that it's an. This is the most exciting time to be in medicine because um, what's happened in the last five years. <clears throat> if you look at the most powerful companies on planet Earth, Google, Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, these are you know companies with trillion dollar market caps. When you're that size of a company, you have a fiduciary responsibility to keep growing. Apple can't wake up tomorrow and be like, "We're going to go into the furniture business." They have to make a huge bet, and guess what's left? The thing that we spend close to 20% of our GDP on, the healthcare industry. Now, the tech industry had a like a phenomenal failure when it came to that. You know, a few years ago, people remember like Amazon tried to get into healthcare. Then it was, what was it? Uh, yeah, J Haven Health. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But now they're making that second attempt where they're, you know, either acquiring companies or partnering up and realizing, hey, it's not enough just to come in and say, hey, here we are coming in from tech. We have a better product. We'll use it. It's 
it's hard for a reason. And so it's such an exciting time to be in healthcare. And again, we'll get into like some ways that uh, I think that could help fix healthcare, but it's an exciting time to be in that. And I think that we're going to see this conversion where things are going to get better, including on the sales and marketing side, which will drive better adoption uh, of these great products. Yeah, uh, but even these big companies, I mean, I'm, I, I'm, I'm talking about the challenges at the community level, but the, the limited contact I've had with these big companies is they seem to want to do things very similar to what we have now. And, and what they have is obviously a lot of brain power, a lot of money, a lot of reach in the public. But I don't think they understand that we have to fundamentally change how healthcare is delivered. And, and part of that, and I'm, I'm hoping I'm going to New York tomorrow, um, one of the things I'm, I'm doing is trying to, to, to bring to the public the concept that we, got, we have to minimize our middlemen. There are way too many middlemen in healthcare. And that's one of the things I like about t technology and what you talk about is how direct you're able to, to, to interact with or get results without having to go through all this uh, red tape. So... Um, I, I think that I'm, I'm hoping that these big giants can really can really make an impact. But uh, up until now, I haven't seen it. So I'm I'm uh, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm going to be a big cheerleader. But uh, there's no question you have to be you have to be skeptical and realistic. No, absolutely. And again, I think the people who are going to change healthcare are the people who live it and understand it, like like you and I. And I think the biggest Deliver. thing is that yeah. And the more we more exposure we get to these different companies, different ways, having these conversations, we'll figure out a way to do it. You know, and I think that part of it is, um, I don't, I don't believe so much in disruption because disruption means that you're disrupting an existing system. I think sometimes you just got to burn it down. You got to start new. And I think that, uh, you leave it to the American. I have, I'm a big believer in the, in, in the American spirit, what it means to be American, the entrepreneurial spirit spirit. Look, we're, we're, you're uh, an immigrant like I, like I am. Yeah, yeah absolutely. This, this country was founded by people who are just pretty much, uh, mavericks and rebels. Right. And so, um, I think at some point, you know, certain people, I mean, you're a great example of it. You said enough is enough and you're doing everything in your power to make the impact that you can in, in your community and at the greater, greater healthcare uh, uh, level. And I think the more we chip away at it, that we'll be able to really start something new and different, but you know, we got to start somewhere and it's not, you know, this is the thing I tell people about startups is that it's, it's, it's very painful. Like this, you, you, when you watch the movies, you only see the fun side of it. You don't see the other side, which is oh. like, it's brutal. I mean, you 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 live you're living the life right now, so you know what it's I mean. The messy middle, right? As uh, as Scott Belsky oh, yeah. would say, a messy middle. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. So so we we've got to burn it down. We, so tell me tell me three very concrete initiatives, Omar, that you would take to really get get healthcare back on track. Yeah. So these are the, th these are the three things that, that, that come to mind and I'm going to, I'll roll through them real quick and you feel free to dive in. First thing is hardware. I think that no matter what you do, like medicine is a physical thing. All these books behind me, when it talks about the practice of medicine, even though we have telehealth and everything, at some point you got to touch a patient, I think. So with, with sick patients or any kind of patient using hardware to automate processes that have never been automated before gives us data that we've never seen before. And when you see different data, that gives you an idea of how to treat something differently. Perfect example, my former company, Petro, automated the process of urine output, got data that has never been seen before in medical history. And that gives us an idea of when we can spot acute kidney injury, which 
is a cause of a lot of deaths in the United States, 300,000, yeah. right? That's my first initiative, which is automation wow. through hardware and data. Second one is something that, you know, you've talked a lot about, um, you know, going straight to the trenches and everything. I think the people who are really on the front lines of healthcare are primary care. But as you know, I mean, you're a specialist. Nobody goes to medical school pumped up to go into primary care. Everybody wants to go into a specialty. That being said, that yeah, being said, now, now, now. There, there are reasons for that. But let's face it, traditionally, I mean, everybody wanted to be, you know, Marcus Welby, to be loved, to be that that sort of family doctor that that gets but part of the family. You're right. Uh, but then I, when I think, it comes to I think money, that's going to come back. Right, right. Well, so here's here's my here's my thing about it is that I think the investment needs to go into primary care because the idea is that look at it like this. If I go to the primary care and I have a heart palpitation, I have something that primary care doctor is not going to catch it. However, if you take the expertise of a specialist and put it in the hands of a primary care doctor through technology, you've now activated them to capture no, more patients. Great example, the smart stethoscope by Echo. Through AI, now every single PA and primary care doctor is an expert cardiologist. They capture more patients earlier on, and they can refer to the cardiologist before it gets worse. Another one is Dermasensor, which uh, out of Miami, yeah. actually, right? Yes. So expertise of a, of a dermatologist in the hands of a, of, a, of a primary care doctor. So I think activating primary care with technology to capture patients earlier on and send them to where they need to see. Because I think the key to prevention is prediction and getting it as soon as possible. And then the third one is I'm excited about the digital health revolution, not in the sense that most people think of, which is the digital health when it comes to consumer. Because if you think about it, I'm wearing a whoop band. This is a, this is a digital health technology, right? I'm seeing more people buy, uh, there's a company called Levels. It's a glucose monitor, but they're paying cash for it because the more that the consumer is starting to say, you know what, I kind of want to start monitoring myself and understanding how I can get better about health. Well, now, instead of us having the world's largest sick care market, I hope we have a true healthcare market. I don't mind that we spend trillions of dollars on healthcare, but I want it to be, before somebody gets to the hospital, I want it to be about how do you optimize your health in terms of your gut biome, your mental health, your physical health, all these things, right? For me, just wearing this digital health monitor, I, you know, I used to have a couple of beers in the weekend. I, I've had like a drink in the past, like in the past, like six months to one or two, because I've realized how much it affects my sleep. So the more that we use digital health to empower the consumer to get more interested in their health, the more they'll have deeper and interesting conversations with their primary care doctor. And they'll be bringing more, more information so that primary care doctor can decide, Hey, we just need to monitor you. Maybe we need to make some lifestyle changes. Maybe we can do all these things before we start throwing pharmaceutical drugs and surgical interventions on it. Those are my three big initiatives that I think will be the biggest help in healthcare. Yeah, there, that's, well, that, that, there's no question. People have been using that phrase a lot now about healthcare versus sick care. There's no question that our, our primary care colleagues have to keep us, keep us healthy and early prevention will save so much money. I mean, it's absurd that we're now, you know, 20 cents out of every U.S. dollars going towards healthcare. And, and all the markers do not show we're getting our money's worth. I mean, we, we are not, there is not a lot to be proud of here, even though I continue to maintain that we really do have some of the best medicine in the world. Uh, but how But how it's getting to the population. And I'm telling you, I'm living it now. I mean, I'm living it in my community in terms of trying to bring orthopedic care, right, to, you know, to walk in. And boy, it, it's tough. There are so many, so many barriers and hurdles. And you know, um, and Dr. Brady, and technology may may be that level, you know, may level the playing field. 
I think technology is part of, but I think it's also education and knowledge. And again, I think what makes it so difficult is that we're trying to change behavior. And that's, and that's something that takes a lot, a lot of time and, and, you know, technique and money and, and everything, you know, but, you know, having people like you is going to help us push that way because sometimes you just need something different enough to say, maybe we should be doing it in a different way. Right. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to give you my three because it looks like my battery might be dying. Um, so I'm going to go very quickly. So I'm going to say right clinician at the right time. You've alluded to that. You've got to get to the right type of physician. And yes, in many cases, we will start with our primary care doctor. But if you have a certain specific problem, sometimes we really do save a lot of time and money by getting to, to that appropriate person. And, Absolutely. And, and the walk-in clinics, as, but specialty. Now, I'm not talking about general urgent care. I'm talking about specialty walk-in access. Um, the other thing we need is eliminate this authorization nonsense. All right. It's once so a physician, Once a physician is seeing you, they are authorized to make decisions. Yes, we may make mistakes. Yes, some people will overutilize. So I say oversight, not authorization. So the insurance companies, they're not going away any day, any day soon, but let, we need to work better with the insurance company to explain you're wasting a lot of money and time by requiring authorization every step of the way. Okay. Uh, and the last one you've alluded to is public education. And that's why I'm doing it. So that's why I wrote a book. That's why you have a podcast. That's why I started one some months ago, because we've got to get this to the public. And I, I think that um, the public understands how, how critical this problem is and that there are solutions. Hopefully we'll get engagement to the, you know, in the same vein that we saw this, with you know racial injustice or <laughs> saving the whales or the environment, or, I mean all those things are important. But this is health, folks. This is your health care. Okay, that's important in and of itself. But you alluded to it before. Twenty percent of our economy. So what what we, we can do to get uh, the politicians? We're coming to election, and we need we need to get a a, a groundswell going. And I, I think you know this this is this is a, a humble start, I, I think that we're going to see some real change. What, what do you think, Omar? No, I 100% agree. And again, I think because of social, like one of the benefits of social media that I'm seeing is that people are getting exposure to new knowledge. So if you just look yes. in the last few years, why has the public all of a sudden had this radical interest in like more clean meat, uh, trying to eat things as raw as possible, right? And realizing that a lot of our food here in America, I hate to say it, literally like poison, you know? And I think that's yep, all because process. of social media. Yeah. yeah. So, and I think the more that the public gets educated, you know, this is an exciting time. I mean, look, look at podcasting. This is like the second Gutenberg revolution. Somebody who's listening to this in their car is going to have their minds changed in 20 minutes versus, you know, in the past, it might've taken a lot longer. So anyway, for those who are watching, uh, Dr. Badia's uh, internet cut out, so he asked me to say goodbye. So this has been another episode of uh, Healthcare from the Trenches. I want to remind the listeners, if you're listening to this podcast, go ahead and forward this on and share it with another pe person that you think would benefit. And look, the best way to get this podcast discovered is through review. Take a second and just look down at your podcast, whether it's on Spotify or Apple. Give that five-star review and write a review. It makes the podcast uh, grow even more. So that being said, uh, I'm your... Uh, uh, substitute host Omar Thieves stepping in for Dr. Badia and we'll see you all next time.